Hey, Hoopheads. Once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads Podcast Network for even more great basketball content. I'm your host, Justin Matchup. It's been a little while. It's been since well before Summer League uh, even tipped off. I was in Las Vegas all of last week, so uh, never really found the time to record. But we're back now. Joining me, Dan, Mac, uh, Quentin. Quentin joining us for the first time. Quentin, how are you doing tonight? Excited to have you on. Glad you're here. Uh, I'm excited to be on uh, with one of my favorite guys, period, and Dan the man. And then, um, you know, I really, it's ironic because I just left, uh, you know, Akron and, and the Cleveland area and all that today, so feels like it's real timely. So I'm excited. Well, Dan the Man, he has his uh, his profile name here on the recording as Dan the Man. Dan, <laughs> how are you doing? All right, that was only because Mac had Big Mac, so I had to follow that up. <laughs> but I'm doing great. Um, unlike the Cavs' offensive outlook, but appreciate appreciate uh, you guys for joining me and for having me on it as always. Happy to have you here, Mac. How's it going? Big Mac, how you doing? <laughs> uh, now I'm ashamed that I didn't go back and change that again. But uh, I'm, do- I'm doing well, man. I'm trying to be optimistic about this day of the Cavs. So we'll have to see if Kobe makes any last-minute moves, you know, that summer league's over. No, I, I didn't think that this was a make-or-break um, week and a half for Kobe Altman uh, being the free agency period. Like, the Cavs tried to get guys. We already talked about this a little bit. We can talk about it more in a little bit. But, like, the Cavaliers did target guys. They went after Alec Burks. They went after uh, what's-his-face, um, Reggie Bullock. They went after Doug McDermott. <laughs> they went after other guys. They went after Josh Hart, and they just weren't able to land any of them. They either got more than the mid-level, which is what the Cavs were able to spend, mm-hmm. or in the, the case of Reggie Bullock, he decided on the Mavericks, which is understandable. Like, not everyone is going to want to come – not everyone is going to have Cleveland at the very number one spot on their list especially when you, you have an opportunity to probably win some more games in Dallas. So that's all I really have to say about that. But we want to get into Summer League here. Obviously, the Cavaliers just played a full week of Summer League basketball, five games, um, with some mixed results. Uh, interesting, regardless, to see all of these guys going again. Um, on the Cavs' Summer League roster, uh, they started most games, or at least at the, at the beginning, they started Roger Thomas, Isaac Okoro, Lamar Stevens, Evan Mobley, and Fiondo Cavangale. They also had uh, Chandler Vaudrin, James Banks, Jalen Hands, Trey Scott, Trevon Blewett, uh, same as Hazer and Matt Ryan on the roster. Um, but I guess we can just kind of start at the top uh, with the starters. And I guess because he only played in a couple games, we can just start by talking about Isaac Okoro, uh, who in the first game against the Rockets, I thought, look, I, I thought Isaac Okoro looked good the entire time through. 17 points. Uh, three rebounds, two assists, obviously look good on defense, just looks so much more physically mature than everybody else out there on the floor, um, doing everything that you would expect him to do, just playing like a grown man in the league with summer leaguers. Uh, had a, another 15 points in the second game. Obviously, I think it was in the second game that he had the kind of monster throwdown. Overall, thought he looked good. Uh, Quentin, your thoughts on uh, Isaac Okoro compared to the rest of you know the, the talent pool in the summer league? Um, well, like you said, I, I think there's a few guys during Summer League who showed that they were like, you know, a level above Summer League competition, or at least one level above, you know what I mean? And Okoro was one of those guys. And, um, you know, I think we were all, if you, you know, you, you're a Cavs fan, I'm sure you saw uh, the pictures, at least, of Okoro looking ripped, you know what I mean, this summer. So to actually see 
It's one, it, you know, it, it wasn't a hoodie mellow thing where you, you get a visual, but it doesn't necessarily translate to the court. Like he looks like he's strong, and he's he's playing like he's strong, and I and I like to see that because um he on the one hand he's playing to his strengths, um not necessarily uh physically but as a slasher, um and last season, um you know I think that's where he he really shined the most even though he started to show a bit of a step back game and all that you know with the outside shot. But with this team, uh, you, you know, if you think about Rose and everything, like the Cavs have a slasher in Sexton. Uh, they have a guy who could break down the defense in Garland, but he's not necessarily doing it looking to score, you know what I mean? So I think having – when you have Mobley and Allen, I think having a guy like O'Crow could put so much pressure on the rim is really great. So I was really, I was really happy to see him thrive in summer league at that level. Obviously, Dan, at the uh, beginning – or not at the beginning, rather, the end of last season, we saw O'Crow with the – with the ball in his hands, kind of taking on more of a point guard slash point forward role, more of a playmaking role. Uh, we kind of saw that same thing here in summer league. And again, it doesn't look perfect. It doesn't look totally natural for him. But uh, did you like kind of just the progression in his handle that we saw uh, kind of, you know, just since the last time we saw him in the regular season, did you think he looked any better in that regard? He does look a, a bit sharper as a ball handler. I'll say that. Like, you know, he's not Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving with the ball, but, you know, he, he's, he's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm with Quinn there. Um, I, I think it was the playmaking. I mean, like in college at Auburn, they didn't like Pearl didn't really allow him to do it a whole lot. But hmm. when he's like he he has good sense for hitting spray outs and then and making like skip feeds stuff like that. I think with him, I think to really like get a, another gear out of that, he needs to to learn how to hit rollers more. He doesn't really seem to have that. Um, I think that's kind of the next step, but I think it can be there. Um, there were times where he he at least had the the right read to like hit the lob, and just they were just a little bit off in the passes, but that's understandable, and that's kind of what summer league is for. But I think what was really kind of stuck out to me was, um, and I'd like to see it more. Is I don't know if he necessarily is going to be like a guy that can have a pull up. I think that that's going to take years. Um, but I think the like is. Quite I think we continue to see some off the dribble stuff, though. Right, right, exactly. Even if it's if it's just a, few, a couple of dribbles, a couple, a couple, you know, put on the floor for a few seconds and then get a shot off. Yeah, like I'm just saying, like he did have a pretty respectable free throw look great last year. I think he mm-hmm. in pick and roll, we didn't see it nearly enough. Like when he has big dropping against him, like it, it happened with Shane Goon a few times. I like to see him kind of instead. Everyone wants to say like, "Oh, he needs to hit that shot." I like to see him actually pressure the rim in those situations and kind of like, like just force his way there because he's so damn strong. And there were a couple instances where he got dunks off of like a big just being too slow laterally. So I I, I thought that really jumped out. Mac was Isaac Okoro the Cavaliers' best summer league player. Uh, I know it's the fancy answer. Say yes, but honestly, no, I don't think so. I think Lamar Stevens actually was. This is do you want to make your case. Hmm. <laughs> yes, so obviously everything you guys said about Isaac Coro is true. You know, I love the progression that I've seen out of him. I love the development body-wise that we've seen. We've all noticed the amount of muscle he's managed to put on between the end of the regular season and summer league, and that's great, and I really have high hopes for him. Uh, Dan, you've heard me echo this sentiment many, many times. I think he will end up, you know, finishing very highly towards most improved player if the opportunity, you know, if he's got enough volume. 
in attempts and whatnot. But I think Lamar Stevens was actually the Cavs' best player, and he had the best performance to me throughout all of summer league. He played all five games. Um, you know, to me, what he was able to show, he obviously cannot hit the three ball with consistency. But uh, the, the work he did as a cutter himself, the rebounding that we saw, uh, the, 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 the defense to me is something that speaks volume. I honestly think Lamar Stevens has a solid case to be the Cavs' second best perimeter defender, uh, you know, opposite Okoro being their best. You know, you could put Larry Nance out there. There's a couple of other guys you could talk about. But I think what we've seen from Lamar uh, really highlighted his abilities on the court. He still has a lot of weaknesses, still has a lot of flaws, namely that three ball and lack thereof. But to me, no, I'd, I'd go Stevens and then maybe it's 1A to 1B, but then Okoro right thereafter. Yeah, Lamar did average, I, I believe, just over 15 points a game uh, throughout the five games. Obviously, he did play every game, which was nice to see. Uh, did have the 21-point performance. As far as the Cavaliers' perimeter defenders, obviously, Isaac, I would still put it number one. Um, I think Larry is ahead of him still. I think Rubio may even be ahead of him as just purely a perimeter defender. But obviously, the versatility of, of Lamar and just being as bulky and strong as he is down low and have, be, having the ability to guard in the paint pretty well as well but um and obviously you mentioned the three ball being an issue but um still continuing to see in flashes uh just the ability to create in the mid-range which obviously we saw last year as well um has been really 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 nice to see from him um and again like he's able to get buckets in that way obviously another guy who's able to cut um and when you're not going to be a featured you know player like he was in summer league in the nba um the ability to cut is a very important one and I think he showed that he's not only strong enough to, you know, finish around the rim off of those cuts, but um, the ability to do something with the ball in his hands as well um, definitely did stand out. And I, I agree with you that he was, I, I, I would probably call him, <sighs> I can't say for sure that I'd call him better than Isaac in summer league, but he's definitely right there with him. Yeah, um, I mean, you can make the case either way. To be honest, you know, for him, what stood out, you know, was the cutting, was the defense, was the... The burgeoning of a mid-range game, but you know the the lack of the three-point shot really is what's going to be the determining factor on whether or not he'll be included in the rotation. You know, come the regular season, if if well, you're was asking it, me. Well, that was exactly what I was going to ask uh, uh, Quentin. Is obviously the Cavaliers having as many kind of three, four guys as they do already, uh, who we expect to get minutes. Larry Nance, Kevin Love, Evan Mobley, uh, even guys like Dean Wade. I still think Jetty Osmond is going to get minutes on the wing. I think Dylan Windler is going to get an opportunity to play on the wing. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts. But uh, what do you think Lamar Stevens' role in the rotation is next year, if he is in the rotation? I mean, to be honest, because it really is. I mean, it's, it's funny because for teams that aren't quote-unquote great, you wouldn't expect them to have log jams, but they do have a log jam at the, you know, the, the four positions. But at the same time, I do also think that um, as Mac was speaking about, like when you when you show yourself, not even just in summer league, he showed us last season too. You know what I mean? Like he's a very valuable defender, and um, you know I mean, he can't hit three, but nobody can apparently in the front court except for Kevin Love and Dean Wade. So, <laughs> like right. that's an issue at the same time. But one thing that the Cavaliers do lack, and what did like have them, in my opinion, um, as a as a real like I'm not gonna say formidable, but as a as a real respectable team early on last season was their defense as well. And, uh, you know, Larry Nance is going, you know, he's coming back healthy and whatnot. But I think that, 
even if Kevin Love doesn't do a buyout or anything, that Lamar Stevens, even if it's just situationally, he's going to get his number called. You know what I mean? So um, when you speak about, you know, all the, all the players you named, they primarily played at three and a four. I think that um, Evan Mobley and uh, Kevin Love will have to play a bit more five. And even though Mobley's strength isn't where you would want it to be and Love's mobility is where, where you, you know, isn't where you want it to be at that position, um, I think if you did want to get a guy like Stevens some playing time, it would have to be in lineups where you saw, like, either, you know, Allen playing his traditional role or Mobley or Love, you know, or even Nash yeah. playing a five. If you're going to – if you're going to have Stevens out there, which I would advocate for, JB is going to have to supplement those rotations yeah. with some of the starters. You're going to have to throw mm-hmm. Colin out there. You know, you're going to have to throw some, some three. You're going to have to put other shooters out there. Which oh, is yeah, you're definitely going to need shooters out there with Lamar Stevens. Oh, my God, Terrence like, Ross would help. Terrence Ross would help. You know – you already know that's going to cost Larry. <laughs> hey, I am all for that. All for it. We'll get to that in a little I'll bit. I, I'll ship it myself. We can talk about that in a little bit. Uh, I also forgot to, silly me, include Isaac Coro in the uh, group of wings who are going to get minutes uh, next season. But not talking about Terrence Ross for Larry Nance, because that's not a discussion I want to have yet. Yet, 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 yet. We will talk about that. But, um... Dan, what do you think the path is right now, if there is one, for Lamar to have a spot in the rotation at the beginning of the season? Not, not assuming injuries. Yeah, I think the both Big Mac and Quentin hit on it. Um, I, I think situationally, it's kind of like a situational four. Uh, I, I think it's kind of a guy that I think he averaged like I want to say like twelve minutes per appearance last season in that realm. Um, kind of a guy that, to me, you kind of throw out there with, like, the end of first quarter and, like, end of, or, like, mid-third quarter stretches where, um, you kind of just put him on a, on a, like, a key on-ball option on the other team, and you don't worry about fouls, you just let him out there to, to have that guy feel him, and just to kind of, kind of get into guys a little bit. Um, I think he's kind of like out there. Kind of like an irritant. I don't know else to put it than that. Um, and, and it's kind of people like fans don't really talk about it, but he's a really good finisher. Um, converted seventy percent at the rim last season. Um, the rim pressure I do buy with him. I think he's like he's got kind of a sneaky handle. He kind of slips through gaps Certainly. and just like I think he's kind of a situational four. Um, it's kind of a guy that can kind of like help. Guys like Windler, he's got really good sense, um, is like a strong side rotator, um, kind of a sneaky, like, like rotational, like shot blocker, actually. And I think it's just kind of a guy you throw out there is, is kind of an energy dude. Um, and just, I don't know, he's just kind of like a, a guy to kind of like muck things up in a good way. Kind of like a good sense of situational chaos type guy. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I don't know if he... I think the the role that he will have is, like you said, kind of like end a quarter, um, either get a stop or just someone to throw out there just to kind of provide a burst of energy at the end of, you know, a stint. I think he's um, kind of like a 10-minute guy, maybe, but maybe. The, I don't, yeah, I'm, I don't I'm see an every-night rotational guy. Right I don't now. either right now. Uh, and it, It's not even anything against Lamar. It's just the fact no, that we no. named as many guys as we have. He has to develop and, a skill that that can translate to something on the court that overweighs what other guys can offer. Like, like I think that he has 
the ability to like provide defensive versatility at an NBA level. But problem is, he really at, can't play with a Coro and he can't play with a Coro and Allen or. Like he can't play with two of Okoro, Allen, Mobley, you know, non-shooters. That's what pisses which you is off just going about to be guys problem. like Dylan Windler. Like, if Dylan yeah. Windler can morph into that guy that the Cavs need at the wing that can shoot threes, Stevens could fit right in there with him at the four. That as it is, Dylan Windler's progression is like kind of a big deal, dude. Thirty-one games last season, and not being able to find a uh, wing shooter in free agency definitely did up the value of Dylan Windler. To Harrison this team. Matthews, please, please, allow him to get him. It will cost you nothing, nothing, <laughs> like zero. Oh, he'd be a minimum guy. He would be a minimum guy. Yeah, right. but, um, like that's like get Damian Dotson out and get Garrison Matthews in. There you go. And then just not solve a all of the Cavaliers' problems in in about what was that? 15 words, I love it. Man but, for uh, Cavs GM. <laughs> but uh, we're going to really continue right now for Cavs GM. Grill master for Cavs GM. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, we'll keep going. Uh, we'll talk about kind of the main guy at the show here, Evan Mobley, uh, Cavaliers third overall pick. I thought, you know, Summer League is not an environment for a guy like Evan Mobley. And even, and even with that, I thought he played fine. Um, the strengths were pretty apparent. Um, just the fluid athlete that he is, um, the, the size combined with mobility, um, being able to cause serious problems out on the perimeter on defense, um, being a legitimate lob threat, someone who can kind of facilitate and create shots for you from the elbows, um, flashes of floor spacing as well. Um, the biggest weakness is obviously just being that I, I think Summer League is more so just a guards game. Um, the lack of you know preparation time that teams have allows the guys who are able to just put the ball on the floor and create um, to look really good. Thinking again, Jalen Green um, and that type of player. But overall, thought Evan Mobley had about as good of a showing as we could have hoped for. Uh, obviously, there are the air balls sprinkled in. Obviously, there's the uh, the thing that he didn't score points. Whatever. Um, and I mean, he still you know he put up eight in a game, fourteen in a game, and I believe what was it, twelve. In another game, yeah. So overall, like I think the concerns about Mobley that we take away from summer league were the concerns that we took away from Mobley when the time we drafted him, uh, which are just the lack of strength and the fact that he is thin and the fact that the jumpers isn't all the way there yet. But um, Quentin, looking at the performance that Evan Mobley had, uh, considering where you were with him before summer league started. Uh, are there any new concerns for you? Are there any other things that you saw from him that maybe you didn't think he had uh, to his game that you saw here in Summer League that you know impressed you? Where are you at with Evan Mobley after Summer League right now? Hmm. I'll start with the positive, which is that I think that he's going to be the defender that the <laughs> that the Cavs have been lacking at, at, as a starting power for for you know a couple of years, and that's not just because you know he'll put an extra effort and have the length and he plays smart and all that. It's because, you know, it, it, he's actually just – there's some players who just are just legitimately just talented on the end. Like, he has the instincts, the mindset, the you know what I'm saying? Like, he on the defensive end, I'm really actually not too concerned about him. I do think that on the perimeter, even if he faces a Damian Lillard or Steph Curry, as most, you know, centers would, he, he's not going to, like – if guys are expecting him to look like he's Tony Allen – 
when he's facing well, those type thing. of guys. Damian you know Lillard and Steph Curry give literally every player in the league. And problems. that's what I'm saying. So, I'm not so too concerned about that. That's what I'm saying. So I was like, so I would hope that fans quell their expectations on him locking down guys of that caliber. But just in the very general sense, though, I do see him being the difference maker on the defensive end that the Cavs need. My main concerns are just on the offensive end when it comes to, well, on the one hand, his shooting, which I'm not necessarily surprised by because it's not like he was a shooter in college. It's just like I, I feel like nowadays when we project players into the NBA, we have a hope that they can become great shooters. You know what I mean? But and it's like, yeah, we could we, we could talk all all this about their form and all this and that. But at the end of the day, some guys just don't shoot efficiently from three, no matter how great their form looks. You know what I mean? So, like with Mobley, like, I'm not necessarily concerned about it. I don't really think about it too hard one way or the other. But I do feel like for this season particularly, um, it shows me that Darius Garland and Colin Sexton um, will have to have more on the shoulders than initially expected because I feel like at the four position, which is apparently what he'll be playing, the three ball is more important. I mean, that's his weakest part of his offensive game. And with that also being said, I do think that his lack of strength showed and so that's also why if he was a full-time center, it would also be an issue. So I'm kind of – it's a little bit of a mixed feeling with, with Evan Mobley. Like I said, on defense, I think everything's cool. You know what I mean? Like, of course, you know, offensive players have had their moments, but, you know, it is what it is. But offenses weren't really more concerned than anything. But I am open to people telling me things that will make me change my mind about that. Well, like I said, I think the form obviously looks fine um, right now. The, the long arms make it look a little bit more, you know, extended out, but I don't really think – that's an issue at all. Uh, we, we obviously saw the kind of step back with his foot of the line. That was impressive to watch. Um, and I think another thing when you just talk about, you know, what he can do for you on offense, um, he's going to have Ricky Rubio, Darius Garland throwing him passes in the NBA. Uh, in summer league, he had Isaac Okoro, Roger Thomas, Chandler Vaudrin, and Jalen Hands throwing him passes, which I think is going to be, a significant difference, to say the least, um, as far as just the amount of impact that he can have and the, the type of game that he plays. But, um, Mac, watching Evan Mobley out there, um, I think obviously, you know, the offense is not as far along as, say, Jalen Green's is. Um, and it, it does seem clear that, uh, that, you know, Darius Garland and Colin Sexton are going to have to, again, you know, kind of take on the load of the offense this year, similar to how they did last year. But uh, did Evan Mobley's performance in summer really concern you in any way? Kind of same question that I just posed to Quinn. Um, things that surprised you and impressed you? Um, any concerns coming away from summer league as opposed to, you know, where you were at with him beforehand? I would say, you know, everything that Quentin hinted at was exactly spot on uh, for me. You know, I loved what I saw out of his defensively you know he's very versatile everything that he was highly touted for coming out of usc on that end love what i saw he wasn't afraid to step out on the perimeter and defend he wasn't afraid to defend in the post the only thing the only major concern to me is the fact that the guy's listed at 215 pounds and it clearly showed you know he's not going to be able to come out the gate and face some of the some of the league's bigger and stronger fours and fives out there he might get bodied uh, that was really the only concern to me. Obviously, the Cavs are going to need to be able to space the floor at that position. Part of the reason why we, you know, it was so tough on us last season. Didn't have a true four out there, especially one who could hit fours, uh, who could hit threes outside of maybe Dean Wade and Kevin Love whenever he stepped on the court. And we saw how that worked out. 
Um, so I didn't really have any, I didn't walk away feeling any differently, uh, from, from viewing him in his three summer league games than I did on draft night. Uh, what I was always concerned with is, was very apparent. And that's the fact that he has got to put some weight on. Which is obviously very correctable. We, we knew that coming yeah. and we know that's still the same. Yeah. I mean, you would assume that if a guy like Isaac Okura, who I think is listed at 225, can put on some muscle, some serious muscle in such a short span of time that Mobley can do something. I think the player development staff there will get him right. It's going to take some time, obviously. And, I, you know, he's not very suited to man the five, but uh, I think they're going to they're gonna get him right. I think that uh, we, we could obviously see him, due to the Cavs' lack of a true backup center at this point in time, play a lot of minutes, some heavy minutes at backup five, but... I don't think for what they need him for right now, I think he'll be okay. He just got to put some weight on. Defensively, he's going to step right in line with Jared Allen and be a the, a great back line of defense for you know the smallish backcourt of Sexton and Garland. Well, man, I just loved again against less skilled summer league guards. I yeah. just loved watching him smother guys on the perimeter, Dude, and they just had no out chance against, against Jalen Suggs. Him step out there mm-hmm. and, and, and not be afraid to to d up uh, even Jalen Green. You know, guys of that nature who could who are who can score from just about anywhere. It was it was refreshing to see a guy take the challenge like that. We know Isaac Okoro will do that on a nightly basis, but you see a big man in Cleveland step out and do that when we've been deprived of it. You know, since. Tristan Thompson, really, just a great sight to see. The uh, the Kevin loves the Channing Fries of the world, not exactly doing it. But um, Dan, question for you: Brighter NBA future, Evan Mobley or Fiondu Cavendale? Come on, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Fiondu yeah. all the way. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm kind of uh, I'm definitely out on Fee. Is all I'm gonna say. Well, library. What? What about Fiondu? Have you have you not been impressed with here? <laughs> um, everything is that sum it up? I mean, he's just done, didn't look remotely offensively viable against summer league competition. So I don't know. That's not going to be his role, man. That's not. I, going I, to he be should not role. have a role, like at all. Like, I, I talked about like, people that Lamar. see like, uh, like oh, oh like. Kevin Gailey, like, Zach likes Kevin Gailey for, like, a, a, like a depth five. Like, I, I, I said initially, I remember writing the article, like, the Cavs should take a flyer on Kevin Gailey. Yeah, we were both on that on the podcast. I think it like, would not be have been a rotational like, that, five. That shot looks, like, saying it's a brick is actually, like, a compliment. <laughs> like, that thing is disgusting. It, it should be illegal. <laughs> That's about oh, all. Man. That's the only takeaway. He's a nice. He's a. He's a pretty solid rebounder. I would give him. No, he is. He's a very good he's, rebounder. He he's effort, big. He's bulky. Yeah. I mean, you ain't like, like you ain't like the rejection he had. He's like a wide body. That was a nice yeah. rejection on who was that? Uh, that was on uh, one of the better dunkers on in, uh, on Houston. You know, and, and Kevin Josh? Martin Jr. It, oh, he, he, KJ Martin. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah he, he, uh, it was nice. He, was a nice block on him. He had a decent pickup, uh, decent help defensive block on Jalen Green. You know, they, it gives effort. 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's a place for him as a rotational small no, ball five. No, I don't. Uh, no, <laughs> they have not no. picked anybody up yet. Man. Okay, I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose fifty games for the rest of my life as a Cavs fan. So Look, I don't want Kevin. I'm not saying I don't. He is fine as a developmental piece if you want to go with either. him as just a developmental piece. But this man is not ready for He's rotational NBA minutes. I'm developmental sorry. piece. I'm not saying very that he should be the go-to guy. I'm specifically just saying they have not made a move yet to quell the. They will make a move to center. get somebody. And we all we, we all know that we want Hartenstein back. You know, even if it's I'll not Hartenstein. Justin Matcham is a back, is a third spot <laughs> over Kevin <laughs> That is I, that is just so disrespectful. Hey, he can space it for <laughs> better. Look, okay, I get it. I you get. Know what? It. I would rather take Andy Verjao back than Kevin Gaylord. <laughs> I, 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 I would support. That. I won't go that far. As a player coach too. I, I would. I would support. <laughs> that. I want him drawing up plays too. At, at what? At forty-one years old, I would take that. I think that's how old Verjao is. But he's thirty-nine. Thirty nine. Okay. Look, I'm not saying roll the guy out there. I'm just saying they've not addressed it yet. I'm sure they will. I'm sure. Co- I'm sure Kobe has something in the works. Hopefully, he's able to get Arnstein back. If not Arnstein, take a fly on somebody else. But if they roll into the season with nobody else, I wouldn't. At least, I wouldn't mind seeing him out there for maybe 10, 12 minutes a game. We're talking about Lamar Stevens as a situational defender. I see no reason why you could not roll Kevin Gelly out there in the same. You know, in the same role, we know they have because Lamar is at least semi viable as a offensive player, I mean, and is more Lamar. viable as a like. Lamar is a plus on defense. Lamar Fiondu is Fiondu is like a not the absolute worst guy at his position defensively. I'd probably rather just have Love at the five of those minutes instead. Probably, and and soon as Love steps out there, soon as Love steps out there, as soon as he gets bumped by a five, he's gonna break his ankle. It's just not. It, yeah, it's we're not, not we're not touching that. <laughs> I think that uh, Chris Silva was on the Nets summer league team. Just saying, oh, but um, you know, taco, taco, right? Go out there and get taco. Go get taco. I, I, I hate I would, taco. No, I would, take Gabby Gabby, Gabby, I would, I would take Gabby Gabby. I would take Beyondu over Taco. That's what Gabby. I'm saying. Okay, like, that's your prerogative. I'll take the seven <laughs> heavy If he can't crack the over the Kevin Gailey size, come on. Man. Look. He's in the King of Clank Club. Like he's in the <laughs> him and Broderick Thomas both. They, no, they can compete no. for the Cohen. No, no, Broderick, Broderick at least they played him out of position. They didn't roll out a true point guard out there. If you want to call hands a point guard, man, whatever. He, Broderick, but but, but Broderick, yeah, just we'll talk about Broderick. We'll talk about yeah, Broderick. We can move on. But um, before we do, um, <laughs> we're getting a damn tangent. Uh, one for three, one for six. Two for five, three for seven, and two for seven shooting performances throughout summer league from Kevin Gailey. Quentin, do you see any NBA future? Well, players that I don't know. He's young, so maybe. But I, I just I don't see. I think he's older than Jared Allen. I think he's like twenty three, but a couple months older than Jared Allen. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he was 20, a first round pick. Like he'll probably still get chances to be in the NBA until he's like twenty seven. Like Michael Beasley is in some league. You know what I mean? Like he's going to get chances for quite some time. But I will say, there's no need to have him on the Cavs. Like in reality, like I mean, he's not that good for us to be able to find. I mean, for them to be able to find, I mean, no replacement. For Something 
I mean, I get he might be a great locker room guy. I mean, I've never been around him in person or heard anything. I really actually never heard anything about him. Oh, so I, I, but, funny story. Yeah. I actually, I ran into him at the hallway in Summer League. He seemed like a really, really nice dude. I like, I just talked to him for like 30 seconds and was like a very, very nice person. So I'll give him that. Yeah, I was like, you know, and, and sometimes coaches just like, you know, they like guys that fit in the chemistry aspect, even if they know a guy isn't going to play. Maybe that's what his role is technically, and we don't know it. But – I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, we need to find somebody. Somebody. <laughs> Anybody yeah. know what, what's, what's Gary Clark up to these days? Just out of the He point. was on a two way with the Sixers. I don't think he played okay. in some league. I'm not sure where he is. Well, I don't remember seeing him. I don't think he was there. I don't think he was there. But uh, maybe he signed overseas already and I just missed it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, that's not a terrible. I mean, he's not really a center either. No, but um, well, while maybe, we're at it, we can just go ahead and bring back Earl Clark. <laughs> Earl Clark. Oh, that's the name. Those were, those were <laughs> Oh God, Luke Heron going well already. Oh my goodness. That 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 is also a name. <laughs> <laughs> Mac, why don't we transition over tomorrow? To the what's tomorrow up to? That's tomorrow. Gosh. We just um, named all the Cavs legends today, okay. <laughs> Look, man, I'll, I'll just say my closing thought. If he doesn't make it, I'm not going to be upset. I'm just saying if they face a situation in which they have not signed anybody, which, I mean, they've shown that they <laughs> That is also the other thing, though. Night, there will be better centers on opening night. For some are, reason, the Cavs can sign anyone. I'd rather have Chris Mim. <laughs> oh, my God. What about Come that? On, I'd rather have that guy that looked like that low key Birdman <laughs> dude from from the Magic, the the, the Tims dude, man. Oh, Giannis Timmer. Man, yeah, oh, Timmer. He can shoot. <laughs> oh, that shoot. Yeah, he, he actually was <laughs> shooting for real though. <laughs> he's got he was, the he he's shooting. got the Hollywood look too, man. He's a. Uh... He'd definitely yeah, be a fan so favorite. I actually feel like we couldn't trust him on the team. It seems like he does too much in his free time. I just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's probably true. You don't want Colin Sexton around that guy. Want, oh, yeah. Looking, take them all off the rails. If, you're like, if your hair is looking that quaffed while you're playing. <laughs> well, you should just be in, in, in like the NPL. <laughs> Shout out to Giannis Tim. I believe the... 60th overall pick in 2013, making his NBA debut in Summer League. I'm happy yeah. for him. I think Honestly, they, they traded really the, Who did they trade for him? Who did Orlando I trade? have no idea. It was, <laughs> I don't know the move. But um, Zach probably knows it. it was, he, he very well might. But, um, Mac, I want to come over to you on Broder Thomas. Um, mm. Obviously, it wasn't the best showing for Broder Thomas in Summer League. Um was basically asked to be their starting point guard, be their primary ball handler, their primary facilitator. Uh, and I think we saw pretty much last season even that that is just not the role that he is going to succeed in, in the NBA. He is a capable shooter. He's not a great one. Uh, we like him as a bigger guard who can kind of handle the ball when needed, knock down shots, defend multiple positions on you know, like bo- both guard spots. Um, yeah, like I, said, I think he was interesting as an off-ball defender as well, uh, kind of a help shot blocker even at times. I thought he really excelled in that role in the NBA. Um, but again, in a shot-creating guards league, um, which is what Roger Thomas was asked to do at Summer League, uh, he clearly just wasn't up to the task. Uh, personally, I'm not out on him. I still think he deserves a two-way spot on this team just because based off of what we saw last at the end of last season – I think he was deserving, and I'm not going to let a week-long performance where he played out of position change my mind, but I am interested to hear what you have to say. 
Bro, that could bro, that could pull a dude straight out of the YMCA to go out there and look better than Project did. Oh come on, no you couldn't. <laughs> this is all really look, uh, in all seriousness, I would be okay handing him a two way deal. But they they just I don't know if it's just because they couldn't find anybody else to man that role, but he just looked terrible as the team's point guard. It just it was not a good fit for him. And I think everybody knew that heading in when they viewed this roster. Exactly. But you know, we saw the good spec, the, the both sides of the spectrum. A guy who was given the chance to facilitate and look pretty, pretty good at it in Isaac Okoro, and then we saw the complete other side of the spectrum. Okay, well, we're talking about our starting small forward compared to our two-way guy. Yeah, I'm th- my point is that we saw what happens when you allow two two different players with different skill sets to go out there and play make. One of them did fairly well. The other looked out of his depth I don't know we're, we're sitting here talking about roles for guys I don't know even as a two-way guy though where where do you play him at where do you play him at as a, as a, a combo as a guard next to either Darius Sexton or Rubio and it's not like you're expecting him to be a rotation guy at any point. as a as a defender yeah a, a off-guard defender or a, you know, an off-ball guard who can handle it some who can just defend at a quality level, and knock down shots off the catch. And that is like, that's not what I'm asking to be right now. Does he have an NBA future? Broderick, I think, looking at the hit rate of two-way guys, I think he has about as reasonable of a chance to become an NBA player as the rest of the two-way pool. That's fair. That's fair. And like that's where, like, yes, Broderick Thomas is not a guy that we're going to be relying on next season in any fashion, but... You're talking about two-way guys, and I think he has looked fine. And let me what ask we you are this. asking out of a two-way guy. What What did he show you? What did he show you out in summer league that led you to the conclusion that he should be brought back as a two-way guy? Here's my thing: he didn't show me anything in summer league, but he showed me enough at the end of last season when we saw him in a role that we know he will be playing in. Hmm, that's true. That is true. But what I'm if he could, if he looked that badly against summer league competition in a role that we knew he would fail in. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm what just would be, What would have been a role he would have succeeded in? Off ball guard who can play defense and knock down catch and shoot threes. Can he knock down catch and shoot? No, threes? he cannot. I think I don't know. No, I don't know. That's I didn't see it. Not I do not see it at all. At one that point, thing he looks was terrible. Yeah, it, it's broken. It's, now, it's it worse than not look good. I'm sorry. He's a plus athlete. I think. Like the problem with Thomas, he doesn't have the handle enough. To be able to actually apply rim pressure. Like, when he's there, he can finish. And he can actually finish through people, because he did it a little bit last season, too. But he does not seem like he's willing enough to force his way to the foul line. Because, honestly, I don't think he's has any confidence as a shooter. That's Roger Thomas is a high-level high rec league player. See, I just don't... How did you get a show about him... It shows that he didn't get any D one offers. Is what it's is what I'm. <laughs> That's what it shows. Like okay, so Aldrin, I get it for a potential two way. Obviously, we don't know what the injury. I don't know if there was a report about the injury. Uh, I, I at least saw a, an argument about maybe having an NBA future because he's. I mean, there were glimpses. He missed a couple passes that looked bad. I'm not saying he didn't, but he's got real vision. And he's a oh, he seven and a half guy. I love you him. saw it there. There's traits there. Like I see, I see it. 
I don't see it with Broderick Thomas because I don't think he has any off-ball viability. That's the problem. So I think he could have some. And again, as I, even if he doesn't have it now, I think he could. I, I think the form looks good enough. Um, and I don't think he's. I'd rather have Brandon Goodwin, to be frank with you, is a, is a two-way guy. Who yeah. can actually handle it some. I'd take, I think Brandon Goodwin's already signed overseas. I'd take Jalen Hands. Okay, I didn't I, I, I'd take Jalen Hands over. And that's what I'm saying. I would, too. I would, too. Oh, yeah, but like, that's, sure. like, these are the guys we're looking at, and I think of the, the talent pool, like, Broderick would be fine. Oh, I like him as a defender. Give me Blewett over. Blewett's 27. I don't want Blewett. Why do you want Blewett? No. Don't, I don't, don't want say anything I don't, about Matt Ryan. I Please. don't want <laughs> Matt Ryan or Blewett. I'm just saying here's, I take those two. I take here, here are my, those two over Broderick. Here's my thing. I think people were generally okay with Broderick before Summer League. Yes. And people generally tend to take too much away from Summer League. And now that he has had a poor Summer League showing, everyone hates Broderick. But um, I don't know. Uh, you guys seem pretty down on him. Not hate him as a person, but I hate wasn't him really up on him before. You were like fine with him though, and now I, you're like I was not fine all the way. <laughs> no, you were fine with him. Of, it, of the fact that the Cavs were entirely injured and he was kind of had to have a role, but it was that kind of it soured faded a lot very of quickly. people, man. That's that. Uh, admittedly, I was wrong about uh, Jeremiah. I thought Jeremiah actually was a legit two-way signing. I thought he was kind of a rim pressure guy. I couldn't have been more wrong. See, I thought that Broderick is a legit two-way signing, like a two-way signing. Not saying he should be getting any minutes on the Cavaliers next season. He will because they you know, play he'll the probably young guys be a, a Levi Randolph. He'll probably be parked in with the Cleveland now, now Cleveland charge for years. And good for him. I hope he does. Quentin, what are your thoughts on Broderick? <clears throat> I mean, it's pretty much just in line with y'all were saying. Like, last season, well, you know, more so towards the end, like, he started playing better because at first it was, I mean, it was kind of like this summer league performance. Very underwhelming. But I think one reason that the Cavs have or might keep him on as a two-way player is because, you know, the whole concept of a two-way player is just a guy who you can, you know, have fill in. And Broderick Thomas, just based on his skill set, which is kind of like a jack-of-all-trades thing and his size, you know, he can play at least two or three positions. So maybe they keep him on the two-way just because they know he, they can fit him in at the two. Maybe as a backup, backup one. Maybe as a backup, backup three. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like maybe ask out of your two-way players, though, is what I'm saying. You're not asking That's for more. That's what I'm saying. I was like, players. maybe they keep him on because of, you know, all I'm saying is because his, his positional versatility, quote-unquote, may be a thing in terms of why he has a two-way spot uh, or why he may retain a two-way spot. But I don't think he out. I don't think he outplayed, well, almost anybody on a Cavs summer league team. Except for, I mean, Kevin Gilly, maybe. But, like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, so uh, I really would like for them to give Jalen Hands a two-way contract. I can't say that, though, for sure. Like Jalen Hands is interesting. I hope he's brought to camp. Um we can get to Jalen Hands. I guess we can get. I mean, I guess we can start on the bench now. Do we just want to start with Jalen Hands, who I thought did have a decent summer league showing? Uh, again, kind of put in a position to succeed on a team with basically no point guard play other than him and Baudrin. Um I, I thought it looked all right. It definitely looked comfortable as a ball handler. Um, looked good as a passer. I don't know how well he shot it exactly. I haven't checked box scores on him at all. Uh, and I was kind of in and out on a couple of games, so I didn't get to watch all of his minutes. 
But um, overall, guy who just looks comfortable with the ball in his hands, again, young. Um, Dan, what do you think of Jalen Hands? Yeah, I, I think he flashed some real shot creation. I think it's that's the kind of guy, like, they need a third, at least developmental, like, one. I mean, he's not necessarily a true one, but a guy that can kind of just get to his spots and, and kind of pick and roll, kind of shot create a little bit. I thought he, he showed some vision as a passer. I mean, not, I'm not going to say he did great in that regard, but at least in transition, I thought he made some nice reads. There were, I mean, there were guys that just missed some, like, that were just clankers, but mm-hmm. I, I thought his, he showed wiggle. I thought, uh, honestly, he exceeded my expectations. I thought he was kind of like, when I saw him uh, added to the roster, I was like, okay, well that's a lost cause guy. But I mean, let's see what he has. I, I thought it was my, I mean, if he can't, if that can't warrant at least a camp invite, I don't really know what, like they don't have eyes if they're not seeing that. Cause he's, he's a guy that can be a fill in, like maybe at least guy that you can further develop with the with the charge and um I, I honestly I thought he was pretty impressive. Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with Real, you. Looks really quick too. Mm-hmm. Really quick. Mm-hmm. Quentin, what did you think of Jalen? Uh, I really think that what I like about him most is like he can break down defense, and I think you know as we always talk about, this is a guards league. So if you ever did need your two-way guy, you know, to play for you, why not have a guy that you know can at least ever on occasion because he has the handles, the speed. And um, I really actually was looking at his stats. He shot 46% from the field, especially yeah, despite shooting like 15% from three, which just indicates a high level of efficiency from inside. You know what I mean? So he, he could finish for sure. Um, so I, I like – I like the concept of having a guy like Jalen Hands, um, just just I guess you could say as a safety net, quote unquote, especially for the guards that the the Cavaliers have, um, because I mean Colin Sexton, like you know, we always discuss, he might not be a guy who's crossed the guys up left and right, but I mean he gets to his spots, he shoots very efficiently, and pretty much that's that. And you know, and Darius Garland, like. You know, Jalen Hans, well, he might not have a vision of Darius Garland, but he did have a two to one assist to turnover ratio. So he makes great decisions with the basketball, you know what I mean? Like so you might not be able to supplant Garland with Jalen Hans, but if you needed a combo guard, quote unquote, who you could have play a, a, a role where he kinda, you know, kinda sorta, you know what I'm saying, plays a bit of a point guard role, you know, point guard by committee, whatever you, you want to call it, I think Jalen Hans could be that type of two way guy as well. And he's always good for the development since he's, I think he's, um, I think he's 22 now. So, um, you know, three years from now, who knows what he could be. Uh, and so I, I think, I think Hans would probably be the, the guy that I was actually, outside of the main guys, I think Jalen Hans was the guy I was most important, like, I mean, most impressed with throughout the summer league. No, just definitely played a role of need on this team again. It's just someone who could initiate the offense, who could bring the ball up the floor. Uh, he was definitely an important player for this team. Um, at this point, I think we can just kind of uh, – we can each throw out a name that we want to talk about and talk about him. Um, I am going to start with Chandler Valdron, who obviously the guard out of Winthrop, 6'7", has suffered. I, I actually – I didn't see the injury happen, so I can't speak to how bad it was. Uh, I was in the hallway at the time that it did happen, but apparently suffered a lower leg injury. Um, I've heard Achilles, I've heard ACL, and obviously nothing has been confirmed. 
But um, hoping all the best for Chandler Bodron because he was actually someone who I watched play in person this summer, and I was very, very high on him, and I was thrilled to see the Cavs got him. I wanted him on a two-way. Um, so hopefully, you know, just for his sake, um, whatever this injury is doesn't derail things too much because I, I think he is just a really, really fun player, if nothing else. Um, and I, I think he could have a legitimate NBA future um, if this doesn't change things. But with that being said, just a really, I mean, obviously a big guard who isn't a crazy athlete, isn't a great shooter, and doesn't have a great handle, uh, which is not what you exactly want out of a point guard. But um, I think a, a solid enough handle where obviously he can, you know, bring the ball up the floor at least. Um, does dribble with his back to the basket a lot, which is interesting. But, you know, whatever he has to do, I mean, he's a very, very crafty guy, a great rebounder, and like we were saying earlier, does have really, really, really good vision as a passer. And we saw, obviously, he didn't hit every single pass, but, you know, was able to make some impressive no-look stuff and just obviously, you know, just sees the floor very, very well. Um, overall, like I said, if, if if it isn't too serious, I would love to see him on a two-way. Um, again, not someone who is going to create a lot of offense for you, but um, a crafty enough finisher on the rim, able to shoot over guys, Hmm. Um, not a great defender either, but someone who is big enough to where you can throw him on guards or wings. Um, Dan, what did you think of Chandler Vaughn through the uh, performances that we saw out of him? Yeah, I, I think he pretty much hit the nail on the head there. I, I thought his, his his NBA skill, quote-unquote, to build around, I mean, that's kind of what you're looking for, these kind of guys, mm-hmm. is his vision in, in yeah. the passing. I mean, like, the passes in the vision he has, I understand that he was initially started out at Walsh University. Uh, shout out that nearby Canton, but it's he, he has vision that you guys simply you just can't teach, and um, it's just innate. And just guys like that, um, I, I think they're. I, I'm with you. I think there's at least a potential for an NBA future for him. I think that showed. And yeah, he's athletically pretty limited laterally. Not gonna, but defensively, I think his his team sense is there. I think he has recognition for kind of timing up passes in the passing lanes. Uh, I, I, that's what showed him to me. Quinn, do you want to throw out a player that you want to talk about from the summer league bench? From the bench, um, well, no, I already talked about my guy, so. I I was really interested in this um, Chandler Vaudrin, uh conversation though. Um, just uh, go for it. No, I mean like I really was interested in hearing what you guys were saying because I mean I wasn't really like too like too familiar with him before summer league or I guess even now. But I do like the concept of having another guy who could get out there and be a playmaker. So it, it's actually very you know, he's it's, it's an interesting concept even though he's not you know he's not a great defensive mm-hmm. player. But again. <laughs> the Cavs do There's not be a level skill there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So, sometimes guys are, are valuable for what they can do more than what they can't do. So that might be the case with Chandler. Mac, anyone off the bench that, that you got to talk about? They've just been, been sitting there waiting, dying to talk about. Hmm. No, not what I'm saying. You know, I, nobody really stood out to me outside of Jalen Ayans. Off the bench, I know Matt Ryan had a few games where. Well, let's know, talk about it. Matt Ryan. There's your guy. You just said oh, you got to talk God. about Matt Ryan for the next five minutes. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, give I'll us just, your Matt Ryan take. 
not an NBA caliber guy, not a two A caliber guy. Just uh, I, 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 that's, <laughs> that's all I have to say about Matt Ryan. Uh, Matt Ryan. I, I will weigh in on the uh, Chandler Waldron discussion though. A, a guy's name that came to mind for me when I I didn't get to see a lot of him at uh, Winthrop, but a guy's name that came to mind for me for him was Michael Carter Williams. Uh, hmm. Not exactly a great shooter, uh, but a very good playmaker, you know, for what you'd ask him to do. And could be something defensively down the line, developmentally. But nobody really surprised me off the bench uh, outside of Jalen Hands. Well, I, I do want to at least mention everyone. Uh, obviously, Matt Ryan, the shooter. Uh, shout out to the two guys in the stands who went absolutely nuts every time that uh, Matt Ryan touched the ball. Uh, it was entertaining listening to you. But, um, yeah, a shooter who can literally do, like, nothing else. Um, and give him props for that because he's going to be a good shooter in Europe. But uh, was a disaster every time he tried to put the ball on the floor. Really, really slow. Um, didn't seem too interested in passing. Um, Dan, anything else from Matt Ryan? I, I just think when I watch him play, he – is going to be the guy that I seek out when I go to Cedar Point to do, like, the basketball challenge. <laughs> that would be the guy I'd look for. That's what yeah. I'm he's, he's, His uh, NBA prospects are just like Matt Mooney's, just dead. They're just – they're not I think happen. Matt Mooney has more of a shot than Matt Ryan. At least <laughs> Matt Mooney made it out into a – I don't think that's in Matt Ryan's future. Man, was Matt Mooney – oh, God. That was a tough one. <laughs> I mean, there are a few people that I've seen live that are physically less gifted than Matt Moon. I gotta tell you. Me, I mean, why do you think they? Why do you think they signed him to that two-way deal? Uh, None of us know. I, I will never know. Shout out to Matt Mooney, who was on the Jazz Summer League team and looked just about as impressive as he has the rest of his uh, NBA slash G League career. But um, yeah, Matt. It's a lot of good shooter. I really like to see cat. Maybe we will. But um, Trumbull, who I at least looked okay as a shooter. Um, again, that's, that's pretty all he did. In the second game, he go four for six. Again, had a moment off the bench that was really, if I remember, I mean, he did start a game two and went for eight, I guess. I didn't even realize that. I, I, I wasn't watching too, too closely for the last couple games. But um, Trevon Blue, okay, he started the last couple games, so we'll give him props there. But, um, yeah, a, a guy who was definitely more polished than a lot of the guys on this team, uh, that would be because he is 27 years old. Um, Quentin, any thoughts on Trevon Blue that you saw from him, anything? I mean, he's a shooter, and one thing the Cavs do need is a shooter. So I definitely get the um, interest in having him. It is quite odd to have a – I'm not going to say. He's not actually old. You know what I mean? He's just older than you would expect. Like, mm-hmm. if he was 26 or maybe 25, you know, we would probably be like, oh, why not? But um, I think that probably is the only thing against giving him a two-way spot because, I mean, like we discussed, I mean, while we might have seen a, a good, solid showing from Broderick, you know, late last year, I'm, um, I mean, with guys like two-way players, I mean, I think, I mean, I'm not a fan of recency bias. But, I mean, like, you know, these are margins of the roster type guys. Like, I mean, you might as well get a guy who's hot. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I would rather get Blewett in some respects. Um, but that's really all I really think about Blewett, that he's the shooter that the Cavs are really lacking. And that's actually, I mean, that's one, first off, that's what Broderick can do. And, you know, it just makes him more valuable in the sense that, it, you know, it's a very valuable skill in the NBA today as well. 
Is Andre Ingram still available? Huh. I'm sure he is. If the Cavaliers gave Andre Ingram a call, if the Cavaliers gave Andre Ingram a call, I'm sure he would pick up. But um, I, I think that there's value in having a guy like Trayvon Blue around on your G League team. I would not be surprised if we see him in camp. But again, just having an older guy around, you know, the younger group of guys that the Cavs will have on the Cleveland charge, um, there is value behind that. So I'm not surprised if we see him stick around in that regard. Um, maybe a guy we see on a 10 day contract at some point, just as a kind of, you know, thanks to, for being around to him. Uh, not really sure anything ever becomes more than that for him, but, uh, seems like a good enough guy that leaves us with off the bench. We have talked about Jalen hands, Trayvon Blewett, Matt Ryan, Chandler Vaudrin. Um, Mac, I'm going to hand it off. Scott I was going to hand it off to Mac. We have Samus Hazer, Trey Scott, and James Banks, the third. Mac, you're going to pick one. Um, Dan, I'll let you pick one. And then whoever's left, we can talk about for two seconds and move on. Hmm. Hmm. Man, there's really just not too much to see out of all three of those guys. I guess I'll take Trey Scott. Um, Go before. He barely played, you know, with like 17 minutes in the first game. Yeah, I remember him early on. Yeah, he, he just didn't to me show any NBA level skill you know at least when you talk about a guy like Javon Blewett or Jalen Haynes you saw some NBA talent there but I just didn't see too much out of Scott to even warrant consideration for a camp invite now, I, I wouldn't even take him you know in the for the for Cleveland charge but 7 for 11 shooting in the last game as a starter 16.7 rebounds yeah I mean it is what it Four is steals hmm I don't know, man. I, I, I no, just I, I, yeah. I'm with you. I mean, part of what you do in summer league, I mean, the end of bench guy as on summer league teams, teams especially these guys roster spots and favors to agents. Like we don't yeah. have to spend that much time on Trey Scott and the rest of the guys. Like he's a okay forward who, you know, can maybe make a, I'm sure he'll get his opportunity in the G league, but not sure more than that. Yeah, it's it's possible. You know, he showed a lot, enough in that last game, but no, nothing with the Cavs. Anybody else have a take on Trey Scott? Because I really don't. Go go and be a GA at agency. <laughs> that's that's mean. Um, that's fine. I mean, get your, get yourself in the coaching race. Yeah. Hey, I think he could be more than a GA, but um, anyway. Dan, that leaves you. You have Samus Hazer and James Banks. Which one do you want to talk about? Um, well, Hazer, or I guess, well, Banks had like, some nice screens here and there. That, that's, that's about all I know. It's far. <laughs> <laughs> and Hazer showed me nothing talking about screens, bro. I was not ready at all. <laughs> nothing. I, I think I saw nothing out of Hazer. Like, zero. Yeah. So that's my taste. Hazer had one nice play in the last game, didn't he? I'm sure he had one nice play. You know, it seemed like he actually kind of got like his share of free throws. I actually don't. I mean, I don't have the numbers. Yeah, no, he had a dunk. I'm watching it right now. You can get to the line. He had to have like over two a game of those, right? No, the last game, he actually, I'm watching it right now. Okay, driving in seven, eight minutes. Yeah, he had a nice driving, sweeping lane dunk. In the last game, so shout out to him for that. Did not expect that from him. But um, right. well, that's, he's got a good name. I like his name. 
I do like the name. Um, here, here, I'll, I'll pose this kind of, we're getting deep in now. Um, before, Quinn, do you have any takes on uh, James Banks the third? Huh? I actually, <laughs> I, I really didn't know what to say. Like, again, I have no idea what to say about him. Um, no, <laughs> not at all. But best of luck right, to just, him on his next figured, summer league experience. Figured I would check. Yeah, um, Dan, James Banks the third, or Fiando Cavangelo. Or Andre Drummond? No, I'm kidding. Um, wow. Uh, I'm going Taco. <laughs> I actually I would am, choose the same thing out of those three choices. Like, man, like I, I'm absolutely, I am all in on taco for that. Uh, like any day of the week and three times on Sunday. You know what? Give me Amiya Brima over any of them. Okay, yeah, me too. I like I'll take Brima. Yeah, if the Pacers don't keep him, but yeah, um, I don't okay. know if he, what the deal is there. But. So Dan. Obviously, you know, Kelgin Blevins is he? Is Kelgin Blevins is? I think he's still on a two-way with the with the Blazers. At least I think they extended the qualifying. That would have that would have been my my next take. But okay, well, better name. That's the next question: Kelgin Blevins or Seamus Hazer? Ooh, I I gotta go with Kelgin. Quinn, I think Kelgin. It's it's just too different. It's solid. I'm also gonna go with Kelgin Blevins. Mac, are you gonna go with the sweep, or are you gonna you're gonna stick up for Samus? Well, you gotta make this a clean sweep. Yeah, that's a very unique name. I, I'd never heard Kelgen before. Yeah, for but, real. Uh, <laughs> it's good. I get it. Okay, Dan, we're gonna sweep through a couple other guys here because we also had some other teams with some other summer league performances, um, guys that you've been very vocal about in the past. Um, we're going to start with Obi Toppin. Summer league reactions. I mean, good for Obi Toppin. He, he got his 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 fame. You know. <laughs> good, good for him. Uh, Jalen sitting in well with showing that he's a G leaguer. That's me. He, he played well. He played well. I can't say that he did. Like if he's putting up those numbers in the G league, he will get on NBA opportunities. But um, Jalen sucks. You asking me? Yes, Jalen sucks. I thought yeah, had he, a very good showing, like a terrific showing. He showed some things, yeah. Like, I think he showed that he, he was should worth have. the... Damn well should have. He had the ball in his hands constantly. I mean, that's... And he hurt because he's good. He was a top-five pick, and he's a top-five guard. If he can't do it in summer league, I mean, come on. Like, what's he good for? Like, good for him. Give him a, give him a gold star. Doesn't mean I ever think he'll ever finish. <laughs> I never will. Never will. <laughs> what did he do to you, bro? I will always say this about about Jalen Suggs. Everyone wants to, like, even Justin on a, a pod a few weeks ago said, you know, he's a really good rebounder for a guard. Who cares if a guard is a good, if a point guard okay, is a good rebounder? Things he like, does well. His best plays are, like, put-back dunks. I don't care about that. <laughs> I really don't. Remember when you said he was a below-average athlete? I never said he was a below Yes, you did. Said you said he was, he was an underwhelming athlete. NBA standards, I'm not seeing trans, like people want to make him into like a generational athlete. Okay, no one what he's trying to do. I'll go back. You, you even heard on the the uh, Reddit stream I was wa- or listening to. I can't remember who the announcer was. Even said, "Yeah, we're really seeing the leadership in floor generalship of Jalen Suggs out on the floor." I when I hear a guy. Their intangibles and leadership in a top five pick 
that to me does not say much about him. That's it. I, I really I don't see anything offensively that is wowing by any stretch. Like, I, good for him. He looked good in summer league. Great. I'll take R.J. Hampton any day of the week. Wow. Over okay. Him. Not, not I absolutely R.J. Hampton is a sneaky breakout candidate. Watch it. <laughs> okay. Um, we will monitor the Jalen Suggs versus R.J. Hampton race, I guess. But, we will. Um, we'll give you a victory lap here. Cam Thomas. He's a bucket. I mean, we, we've touched on this over and over and over. The Cavs should have gotten Cam Thomas as your bench bucket because he is a bucket. I mean, the guy, it looked like Rucker Park out there. Like, he he is, that's all he is. Like, he is going to be a 20-point game scorer in this league. And when Kyrie retires, when his contract is done, he is going to hand the, the two-guard torch to oh Cam God. Thomas. I, I'm not joking. Like, that kid is that good. And people don't want to compare him to, like, a Lou Williams. It's the same thing with Colin Sexton, with disrespect. Like, if he were on a different in a different situation, that guy could lead his team in scoring next season. Like, he's that good. And the handle is, and movement shooting was right what we thought it would be. So, right. shout out shout out to Yoda, because he was on it. I have one more for you, Dan. And if anyone else wants to chime in on this one, too. Yeah, I don't want to hijack the pod here. I apologize. No, we're, we're wrapping up. I think we might. I know we had some other stuff planned. We may end up putting this. I think we might just stick this one. With I know. I'm and, Italian. I, I, I talk to your No, it's, it's it's exactly the way we want it. I'm giving you this segment so that we can hear your rant stand. That's exactly what we wanted. But well, I was a rave, but go ahead. Sure. You'll, yeah, the, the last one was a rave, but I want the rants, too. Um, and if anyone else does want to chime in on this last one, yeah, go ahead. You can come out. Brandon Knight. You know what? Good for Brandon Knight. That's all I'm going to say. Good for Brandon Knight. Brooklyn Nets summer league legend Brandon Knight. Mac, any any Brandon Knight thoughts, takes, um, remarks, anything? Well, you know he uh, he predicted the title, right? So. <laughs> Give him props. Oh, Brandon Jennings. Oh, no, wrong Brandon. Wrong Brandon. I wonder what he's up to. Well, he's not legal to be up to it. So. Exhibit 10? Exhibit 10 he could, but he's too. Yeah, he's played too many years for a two-way. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. There's a limit on that. That's fair. Quinn, Brandon Knight, anything? I... I, I'll say, I was very underwhelmed. Like, he should have, like... Being the veteran guy there on that team, like, I didn't think he did anything. Which was pretty disappointing to see. Can he play in the G League at night right now? Oh, sure. If he wanted to, I'm sure he could. Did he fill the, like, Jared Jackwell? He, he really could have played in a G League at night if he really wanted to. Actually. Like, I think Jared Jack was more effective for the G League at night than Brandon Knight was for the Nats by a mile. <laughs> it was a mile. But, yeah, like, he, he could be a G League at night guy. That, honestly, like, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Anything else from anybody before we before we wrap things up here? Like I said, I know we had some more stuff planned. The summer league stuff just kind of carried on. Um, that's okay. We we obviously got a good discussion out of it. But um, James Booknight is a bucket. That's James Booknight is good. James Booknight is, is a good. Bull. That dude is so good. I guess we can, we can wrap it up with that. Bit, I'm a little bit mad. I understand oh. that. That would have taken a ton. But Booknight is a 
he's going to be a stud. Yeah, he should have. And he I, is I like going to be a light years better than Malik Monk. Oh, for the I, hey, no, for you real, can though. book that. Definitely. I actually <laughs> agree with that, it. for real, though. I don't know what happened to Malik Monk. I actually don't know what they say about Malik Monk other than, you know, I guess. But, you know. A minimum James, player. If that James? doesn't prove my point, I don't know what did. I think he could have gotten more than a minimum from other places. He decided to from go other places. Probably he could have gotten, gotten, gotten more. Yeah, for sure. I think he very clearly could have gotten more. But I want to wrap it up with this. Quentin, favorite uh, summer league player, not on the Cavs. Favorite. Summer oh, league and player. I have one more question. If neither you say this guy, that we have to end on. But um, that, this is where we're at right now. Favorite, favorite non-Cavalier summer league. Player. I got to stick true to my brand and go on Jalen Green. Like that dude was okay. sensational. He was. Yeah, he is. Jalen Green was. I mean, the, the shaking, I think, as far as anything else, but the shocking is so clearly on another level. That dude is obviously going to be a polished scorer immediately, even in the NBA. Um, just gets his shot off in a way that, like, isn't even really guardable. Like, he doesn't really seem phased by contests at all, and uh, really just a different breed. But Mac, favorite summer league player, non-Cavalier? Probably Boo Boo. I loved what I saw out of him. Boo Boo was fun as well. Bones sure. was fun as well. Both of those two were um, really enjoyable to watch. Man, the entire Houston Rockets, you know, they're, they're a core of young guys. They are going to be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, Jay, go up. Like, like he, looked, he looked fun. Like, Josh, Christopher is going to be sick. Like, he's yeah. going to be fun. They have an exciting like, future ahead of them. That dude in all seriousness, they really I don't do. know if they'll end up being with Houston. I don't know if he gets moved eventually, but he, he really jumped out. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you, they got they still got Wall. They're going in season with Porter Jr., Christopher. Obviously, Just the Green. unselfishness from Christopher, I thought, really stood out. It's like he yeah. really fit into what they were doing. Yeah, Alpharon, that man, those they have a lot of pieces. Jay Sean Tate. Their yeah. uh their their first round pick Gruber played last game. I think he had six what it was either six mm-hmm. blocks or six steals. No, yeah, yeah. Bro, no, he's gonna be it was one of the two. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was playing his ass. No, I am just glad the group was gonna be able to play because we obviously knew he was having some buyout issues overseas, but um yeah. Those have been taken care of, he's gonna be with the Rockets this year. So it's a good news thing. It's good good to hear. Um if I had to pick my own personal favorite, obviously I'm gonna go with Justin Turner for Bowling Green. Who uh, had some moments for the Spurs? I hope that he gets exhibit ten with them. Uh, not sure he's got enough opportunity to more more than that, but um, did enjoy watching Justin. Um, Matt, you tweeted off the poll, so I have to ask you about it because the results were not coming. what they should have been. They I knew this was coming. Leangelo Ball. <laughs> Why on earth are people still saying that Leangelo Ball should be an NBA player? Do these people have eyes? Give me Lorenzo. He is a short, unathletic guy who can do nothing but shoot. Give me Lorenzo over Project Coppins. Give me, give no, me Angelo. That is Roger. just flat out wrong. Okay, I wouldn't do that. Lorenzo <laughs> Ball can shoot and do nothing else. Like he is always the least athletic guy on the floor. Isn't that what he we is need small? Right now? Isn't that not? not what we no, need right we now? don't need Lorenzo oh. Ball. What no, what what is a Duncan sure. Robinson other than a smallest power forward that can only do See, like, one thing? You say we need shooting, but I, like, I think Duncan shooting. Robinson is vastly overrated. Man, look, like, vastly overrated. He is definitely vastly overrated. overrated. I was just making a point that him and Leandro Ball are not that much different because they only have one. Real and if he, I'd like to see <laughs> Duncan in a different situation. Like that, that is. 
I, yeah, I, would like I mean, this. I think I we can all agree here that Duncan Robinson is overrated. I think we all know that. I'm just saying. Duncan yeah. Robinson is good, but um, maybe he's not. Overrated. He's overrated. He, he, he might be a little but bit. Leandro but, um, Ball, I do like Leandro Ball is not like a movement shooter. Like True enough. Ball. True enough. Like, that's the difference. Like, Leandro yeah. Ball impressed me in that he showed me that maybe he has a chance to stick in the G League. <laughs> but the dude uh, will never sniff NBA roster. I mean, we're talking about development. Because he, he might be. Development, see, like, there are things to develop with Roger Thomas. I feel like Leandro is what he is. Like, he is a short, unathletic guy who can do nothing but shoot. Yeah. Like, that's, that's what else is going to happen with Leandro Ball? Nothing. Yeah. I don't know. And, like, he doesn't have a lightning quick release. He doesn't have. I mean, he has a high release point for him, but relatively, like, he's not even going to be a guy who can, like, get off shots with contests that well because it's not a quick release and he is so low to the ground that like he, uh, he's going to get his shots blocked by any longer defender than you know your short guards which are probably what you're going to throw on him because he literally can't do anything on offense other than shoot by no means big, would I, uh, put him in the big three by no means would I put him out there in the rotation but I think there is validity in at least giving the guy a shot here's uh, the thing here's the thing Mac, here's the thing. If That's Matt like Ryan, the of Tim Tebow's shot. But, but if Matt Ryan, here's the thing. If Matt Ryan were named Leangelo Ball, you would want to give him a camp opportunity. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. But well, because his name is Matt Ryan and not Leangelo Ball, you don't. I would still take Leangelo. No, I mean, maybe I would too because it's Matt Ryan. But, like, my point is, no, we're not giving Leangelo a ball, an opportunity. I, well, I, don't think they, I don't think they would ever consider that. I'm just saying that, you know, you, you're you looking at the roster right now and we're talking about we're look, we're trying to look at highlights for guys like Trevon Blue or Jalen Hands. Trey I would Scott, take Trevon know, Blue over Leangelo Ball. Uh, not at his age, man. What, 26? Yes, at his age. No. I would take him. No, yes. no, Trevon Blue is better than Leangelo Ball will be. Will be. You're talking about a guy who's with Leandro. He's got what? years. Yes, and years in those years, you will progress to a player that is worse than Trevon Blewett is right now. Uh, Whoa. Let's see. Uh, that's, that's harsh, man. I hey, that was harsh. That's harsh. <laughs> I don't know. We, I don't know about that. we hit the corner with Justin. Yeah. Like, for me, it's Jalen Suggs. For him, we got it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't get it. I mean, I think the guy, obviously, he has shown, you know, one NBA level skill, or at least one. Uh, an, uh, I don't know skill about shooting. Wise. I don't know NBA level skill. But I don't know about G League level skill. Okay, Matt we're Ryan about, is forty nine percent. We're talking about the Cavs and guys to develop. Why not give them a shot? Why not? I don't give want to give them a shot. Not everybody gets a shot. Not everybody gets. Not a shot. everybody's That's the thing. Right. You have twenty roster spots. You don't, yeah, you don't just give everyone a shot. Tim Tebow again didn't deserve a shot. Either. No, he didn't. Like that, that, I'm not. I'm not for giving when you're a team that had 22 wins last season, giving guys a shot. I, we're not in that business here. No, um, enough is enough. Like you need. Like, <laughs> that is hilarious. And I don't want Broder <laughs> Thomas to get any other shots either. But I'll get him one more than Leandro Ball. <laughs> I, I think. I think we've we've. Discussed Leandro more than you know, we do you know, on this Cavaliers we'll podcast. We'll give Leandro a shot, and we'll we'll make sure we'll ensure that we're getting a top three pick again. That, that's <laughs> that's, that's the that game for next season. Is the direction that you're heading? Yeah, that's that, that's a microcosm of it. 
I like the game plan. It's 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 funny. You though. know what, Mac? You get a shot too. All four of us. I would take that. I'd definitely take that. Look, you could be heading towards a bottom three finish anyway if the Cavs don't make some moves, man. It's just, yeah, I get it. You don't want to give a guy a shot if you don't think he has any translatable skills to even a two-way level. But, I mean, you're you're pulling the straws right now as it is. I don't know if LeAngelo Ball could play Tennessee Chattanooga way. To be honest with you, it'd be an impact contributor. I'm, I'm not sure because he's that slow. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we may be back sooner rather than later because, again, we do have other stuff we want to talk about free agency, uh, Hartenstein, Sexton extension, all the fun stuff. So uh, I'm sure we'll be back before too long. But uh, right now, thank you, Dan. Thank you, Mac. Thank you, Quentin. Um, all of you had a great time talking to each and every one of you. Uh, thank you everyone out there listening. If you enjoyed listening, uh, subscribe on iTunes, leave a review, leave a rating, all of that, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.